Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest is Carrie Hansen, VP of Marketing at Spiro, a sales platform designed for supply chain. Carrie, how are you? It's great to have you on the show. I'm doing well, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Now, when we talked a couple of weeks ago, was it last week? I think it was a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember. Anyway, when I was asking you about the company, you said that you guys are not a CRM and that, in fact, your mission is to kill the CRM, to do away with the, the CRM. So what does that mean? So we basically, we, we believe, because we've all used a CRM, that it is a miserable, time-sucking technology that basically requires you to do all this data entry so that your boss can see what's going on. And we mm. think the the AI and machine language technology has come to the point where you shouldn't have to do that. And so we can provide a, a much more modern AI-driven sales platform for the supply chain that automates all of that annoying stuff for the CRM capabilities that you require, but can actually add value to your day. So we are you know, a virtual assistant. We can give you analytics. We can tell you, hey, there's a change in your customer behavior. You might want to follow up before it impacts your bottom line. Okay. Well, as somebody who uses a CRM regularly, I totally hear what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sort of my own boss, so, but, but I hear you. It's like a CRM is like a better than a spreadsheet, but there's still a lot of data entry going on and, and right. uh, mm -hmm. a lot of stuff in the CRM that I sort of never use that's a little confusing, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It seems like we're, we can do better than that now, but what, what we want to talk about here is your guys audience and who you market to. And I know that your, your marketing kind of falls into two buckets in terms of your audience. One is the group of decision makers that you're trying to reach. And there we're talking about folks like a VP of sales, a CEO, a COO, sort of decision makers, the, the folks who control budgets and the other group are the end users who are actually going to be using your product day to day, namely salespeople. So I think it makes obvious sense why you're trying to engage with the decision makers, right? But let's talk about the end users because they're not actually buying the product, right? They don't have that decision making power. So what's the thinking behind that? Why is it worth spending time engaging with the end users? What's the strategy there? Yeah, well, I think it, it's pretty straightforward for us in that one of the biggest problems with CRM, besides the fact that it's just a horrible technology, is more than half of the projects never work because the end users or the salespeople, they hate it so much, they don't want to use it. And so for us, you know, we certainly, we believe we have a new approach and when you use it, you'll fall in love with it. But we also understand that the only way that it works is if everybody uses it. And so certainly we want to talk to the, the buying side, the decision makers, but we also want to reach out to the end users to let them know that, you know, we can empathize. We have all spent time in that CRM. We all hate it. We have a new approach. We can make their life easier because that's the way that it should be. And if they're happy, they're, the VP of sales or the CEO could, COO could go to them and and say, hey, we're talking to this company called Spiro. And for me, a win is for them to say, oh, I love that company. Or mm -hmm. if they roll out our platform for the end users to embrace us and, and sort of work with us, it just makes the company more successful um, as they roll it out. And so our goal is really that the two sides of that coin. Okay, that's cool. So, I mean, and maybe even like another way of putting it is, putting it is that 
even though the end users are not technically the decision makers, they're they're an important part of the decision-making process insofar as the VP of marketing or sales or whoever hopefully is going to consult with the end user and say, what do you guys think of this product? Yeah, I think, frankly, they might not be the decision makers in the in the traditional sense, but they are the decision killers every step of the way. Mm. And so we, we want to make sure that they they embrace us and they look forward to our approach, not that they fight it. OK, so in other words, if they're rolling out a trial and the end users are like, yeah, this sucks, we would never use it, then you're not going to get that sale. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing about a sales platform is it's only as good as the data that's in it. And so, mm. you know, we have an approach where they don't have to actually use it uh, to get the, a lot of the data. But when they do use it and they see the value of it, then the company is successful. And so for our customers, we actually offer 100 percent implementation or uh, adoption guarantee so that all of their end users will use the technology because it's the only way that they get value from that product. Okay, makes sense. So let's talk about how you engage the end users. And I know that one of the main ways you do that is with your blog. And, uh, you know, there are a million, maybe even literally like a million sales blogs out there. You know, there's just a ton of content in sales, podcasts, webinars, blogs, all that stuff. And yours is really popular. You have a lot of subscribers. So what do you do to differentiate your blog? How do you make your blog stand out and, and actually attract readers and followers? Well, I think that our blog is unique in that it shows our culture, our sense of humor, and we have a lot of salespeople. And we know that certainly everybody wants to hear how to close a deal, all of these best practices. And so we do try to wean in some of those thoughts, but we also know that their day can be really stressful. If they're having a really good quarter, they're really busy. If they're having a really bad quarter, you know, it affects their bills and how they're going to pay it. And so we yeah. try to have um, a little bit of a tongue in cheek and a sense of humor. We know, you know, during COVID, we knew that they were struggling, they were having a hard time. And so our blogs were really focused on just adding some humor to them. And we tried to be funny and we tried to give them something to laugh about. And, you know, occasionally we will throw in some, you know, here's how to close a deal, but we take a little tongue in cheek approach of, you know, don't do this, don't do that. But we also throw in things like one of our, our more popular ones is Valentine's Day, why you should date a salesperson. Because, <laughs> you know, we, we feel like there's a stereotype out there of, you know, the, the used car salesperson and, yeah. and we can relate to that. And I think salespeople, they love it. They like the sense of humor. It gives them a break. We're not pushing it. We actually stopped about two years ago. We don't promote our product in the blog. We don't push our company. We just like to have fun with them and, and try to help them a little bit. What's, give me an example of the kind of humor you're doing. I mean, you mentioned the why data salesperson, and but I imagine that's not meant as a joke exactly. Or maybe it is. Like it was, is that an example of the, of the humor you're talking about? Yeah, you know, it's not so much a joke. It sort of, you know, makes them feel better. But, you know, you can sort of, we, we take what the stereotypical negative characteristics of a, a salesperson, you know, they always want to negotiate, they always want to do this. And, and we turned it upside down with, well, you know, that could actually make them a really good person to date, because they're always looking to close the deal and make you happy. They're always looking to sort of like give you one more um thing like a, a flowers or, or something like that. But we also like to do things, you know, we love memes, we love gifts, we love funny quotes. Sometimes we'll sprinkle in some inspirational ones, but 
you know, we like to do things like during COVID, we would talk about the things that people were doing while they were working from home. And we weren't talking about, you know, trying to use their cell phone. We were talking about, you know, no one was wearing shoes and people were trying to mow the lawn. And, you know, we just, we were trying to be sort of honest. And, you know, I think a lot of people see it and, and they laughed because they were like, oh yeah, no, I actually do do that during the day. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I think, I think it resonates because we're honest and, you know, we, we have that sense of humor as our company. And like I said, we're not trying to sell to them. You know, we'll, we'll throw in a couple lessons and a couple tips here and there, but really we're, we're just trying to let them sort of have a break in their day. You know, another topic that, that went viral and everybody loved was we have a, a BDR team, MDR, SDR, inside sales, whatever you want to call it. Everybody is pitching on LinkedIn. And so we did a post about why no one's responding to your crappy LinkedIn posts. And mm. there was some real value that we, we think we gave to them. But we were pretty honest about the fact that like everyone is getting spammed and they suck. And let us tell you why. And, you know, I think salespeople laugh about it. And they can, even if they saw some of what they were doing and their bad behaviors, they can sort of laugh about it and not be offended and, and refine their approach next time. Yeah, I like that. As I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn for marketing purposes, and it is ripe for comedy. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you see in there that is unintentionally hilarious, for sure. Right. So that's, that, that's a well I'm sure you guys can go to more, <laughs> more than once. What's something, so, so, so that sounds like a great strategy, right? That, that in the wrong hands could go wrong. Like humor is not easy. You know, like you might think you're being funny, but it's off the mark. It could, you know, these, and, and these days, especially something could be taken as offensive when you're just making a joke or trying to be funny, but you guys have really figured this out. What's something that you see uh, in other blogs that you would say like, "Mm, that's a mistake or, you know, that's not going to work. I think, I think a lot of blogs try to be too relevant uh, with what's going on in the world. And, and certainly we want to be relevant, you know, when Black Lives Matter came out, when the Asian hate came out, you know, we want to support that because that's the type of company we are. But I don't think you do that through humor. And I think a lot of these blogs that are trying to really be humorous, you know, you can be funny or you can look at what's going on in the world. And I don't think you can mix the two. And I think even, you know, with COVID, like we can all roll our eyes and have a drink and have a lot of stories. But you also have to understand that it was devastating to a lot of people and it was devastating to a lot of businesses. And and you can't throw humor out unless you know what their circumstances is. And so I think with a blog, you know, we laugh about the stereotypes of salespeople. We laugh about, you know, sort of the negative way that that people look at us. It's our industry. We love salespeople. And we sort of flip that around with like, no, you're wrong. This is why salespeople are great. Or this is why, you know, negotiating on the phone could be fun. But I don't think humor has a place for, you know, when you're talking about reaching to tens of thousands of people at once, I I don't think politics or religion or any of what's going on in the world that's serious, I I just, I don't think it has a place there. I think if you're going to approach that, you need to approach it from a serious perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense. So now, as we've been discussing, you guys really put a premium on and engaging not only the decision makers, but the end users, and and it pays off well for you guys. What do you think, what do you stand to lose if you're focused only on the decision makers? And I guess I mean both for for you and your company and for, you know, companies generally. Well, I think 
I think just focusing on the decision makers is very short-sighted because especially in the world of SaaS, especially in the world where, you know, we're talking to salespeople, they, they move jobs, they move on. You know, when we think about our customers, we love them and we want them to be successful and we want to guarantee full adoption because that's the only way they'll be successful. And so when we talk to the end users, you know, we know that once that decision is made at any point, if those end users aren't happy, then the customer goes away. And, you know, when you're on a, you know, monthly subscription, even if you have an annual contract, you know, just going for that, that first deal. And then who cares if they churn a year later, you know, that really has significant impact down the road. Whereas if you bring in the right customers and you turn away the wrong customers and you're respectful and you help them and you engage with them and you make them successful, then they stay and they become long-term customers. And hopefully if you do it right, they will buy more products from you and they will grow from you. And there's a lot more value in terms of growing your current customers who are happy than in the churn and burn approach. And I just, I don't think that that works. And, and on the flip mm. side is, you know, we, we have a lot of end users on the prospect side that read the blog. We have a lot of customers who are end users that they read the blog and they send us some feedback. Sometimes we'll actually incorporate that into the blog, but we want our customers to be happy. And when our customers are happy or even our end users are happy and they like us and they respect us, if they don't have an opportunity for us, they will refer us and they will tell mm. people and our customers will write um, reviews on G2. And so, you know, it just, it starts that relationship that can pay off down the road. And like I said, especially with salespeople and certainly, you know, marketing and operations, we have a lot of people across the the company who uses us, but especially with salespeople, they tend to move jobs frequently. And yeah. so if they go to another company, you want them to talk about this great platform called Spiro. If they're a sales leader, you want them to take you to several other customer sites, but you also want, if they leave, that that existing customer stays happy too. And if the end users are happy and they're successful, you know, you just, you have this long-term relationship that's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Okay. Really cool. So final thoughts, what's something you can share with our listeners that you've learned over the course of your career that will help them engage their audiences? Well, so I think it's, there's sort of two, two points. I think one is you really have to think about your audience and your purpose. And so for us, two years ago, when we really started you know, dividing, if you will, our website traffic between the blog, which was very popular, and the rest of the site, we really had to sort of understand that the blog was primarily the end users, the decision makers were in there, but that meant, you know, it wasn't the place to sell the company, it wasn't the place to push our product, it wasn't the place to promote, you know, new product releases. And then we had the other side of the the website where we really wanted you know, the people who wanted to be learning about the product and pricing and and move that way through the top of the funnel. And so we we really had to think about what what were we trying to do with that audience and make sure that the content was appropriate. And at the same time, I would say, you know, coupled with that, especially with the website, very tactically, you know, we really focused and we still do on quality traffic to the website. So we want to get, you know, everybody who can enjoy our blog, we want to get them to our blog, but we don't want to get everybody to our pricing page requesting a demo because if they're not a fit for us, it wastes time and it wastes our time, it wastes their time. And so, you know, it's a little counterintuitive that one of the first things I did was, frankly, I tanked the website traffic. And I, we moved everybody to the blog and we sort of focused that. And, and if you go to our blog, there are some pop-up ads that will come up every now and then. There are some, you know, CTAs that we put at the very bottom of the blog, where if, if you are looking for a new platform, we'll bring you to the, you know, the other side of the website. But we try to be very clear of if you want humor, 
go over here. If you want to learn more about the product, come over here. And over time, what that has actually done is we've maintained the blog's traffic. We have a huge following, but we've also built a really solid quality number of visitors that go to the core of our, our website. And those are our best leads because they know us, they've learned about us, and then they go to learn about the product. They sort of self-select. They understand that they're the, you know, a manufacturing company that has the right use cases. And by the time they actually request us to call them, they'll schedule the call. And I mean, that's the marketer's dream is to hand mm -hmm. a lead over that already has a call with your inside sales team. Indeed. Indeed. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for that insight. And uh, Carrie, thanks for your time. Really enjoyed the conversation. I learned a lot. Yeah, this has been great. Thanks for having me. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged. <laughs>